0: Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, welcome into this edition of 48 Days Online Radio. Hey, our theme today is, how good are you at selling? Now, what do you think? I know some of you are cringing already. I don't like to sell. Hey, if you're not selling, you're dead in the water. We'll talk about that. Hey, our sponsor today is Audible. Audible provides over 150,000 book titles. You know how I feel about books. I'm going to be recommending some. If you go to audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days. You can select your first one absolutely free, and I'll give you a recommendation here, in just a little bit, one that I'm I've always been excited about. we have got some others scattered through the show today, but books you can get. You gotta be listening if you want to be better at selling. I'm going to tell you how to do that, but you can go to audiblepodcast.com/slash/forty-eight-days for your first free audiobook download. Now, how good are you at selling? I mean, we're gonna we're gonna spend some time on that today. That seems to be such a common theme. And it seems to be so common that people resist the idea of selling. Don't do that. You have got to sell to survive. I'll give you a quotation here in a second and we'll kind of springboard from that. Here's a question we're gonna deal with. Dan, I landed my dream job and now I'm miserable. What happened? Dan I've always resisted being a salesman as I been convinced that to be a salesman you have to be sly a fast talker and super outgoing someone wants to know should i franchise my mosquito control company dan a friend recently opened up a small car dealership and he wants me to help him promote it using social media i would be paid commission only should i do this how can i create a job in my church so i can fulfill my passion of working with students full-time Dan will small business owners pay me for my great ideas about making their businesses better. And here's our quotation for today. This comes from Robert Louis Stevenson, who said, everyone lives by selling something. Okay. We're going to come back to that. Everyone lives by selling something. Everyone trust me. Nobody does not sell everybody sells you might as well learn how to do it with excellence and with your head held high well here's my first book recommendation again if you go to audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days you can get a free copy of the art of Nonconformity." now this is a book came out a couple of years ago by chris gilbeau chris some of you just went to world domination summit in portland he does that amazing event every year uh, we had chris here when he first introduced the art of nonconformity at a great night here under the stars at the sanctuary. We had so many people. We just went outside, sat around a campfire, and Chris shared about his book, The Art of Nonconformity. The subtitle is Set Your Own Rules, Live the Life You Want, and Change the World. I've recommended that book a lot. I've given away lots and lots of them. But uh, if you don't yet have that, go to Audible podcast dot com slash 48 days get a free copy of the art of nonconformity now we're going to start off with success stories but i also have some resources that i want to share with you today but here's a story this comes from dorian kansas city missouri who says i've heard people comment that your the plan you lay out in 48 days doesn't work in their field and as a public school teacher i was skeptical that it would work in mine After years of working in a place that left me feeling like I've been chewed up and spit out every day, I was ready for a change. I still love teaching, but I was ready to change districts. I found a district that I wanted to teach in and filled out the online application, but also sent in an introduction letter, cover letter, and follow up phone call to the HR director. Thousands of teachers apply at this district every year, but I know your method is what landed me the job. The HR director commented that he was impressed by my initiative. I'm about to start my second year in this district and I could not be happier, thanks. Well, thanks for your note, Dorian. We appreciate that little testimonial and success story. Congratulations on just walking out the plan as laid out in 48 Days to get the job that you love. Now, I wanna share some things that are happening with people in the 48days.net community. Tim Bishop, longtime member Tim left um, a high-paying job, structured some other things. He and his wife, Debbie, wrote a book. Two are better than one. And then they rode across the country for their honeymoon. They rode bicycles across the country. Well, they're out riding again. Now, their website is openroadpress.com. But they're riding across the country again. Started in Portland, and they're keeping a daily journal daily blogging about their trip it's a fascinating fascinating story and they're also promoting their love for an organization called the hope line hope line is what it's called but anyway they're doing the hope line challenge and trying to raise their goal is to raise a hundred thousand dollars as they ride across the country sharing their vision of what this uh project does hope line is um, a call-in show and they help teenagers who are in trouble. It's been ongoing for a long, long time and a very worthy cause. They're part of that. I'll have a I'll link to that so you can go and see what they're writing about and hopefully get involved in the project that they're working on. That's Tim and Debbie Bishop. Randy Rutter. Now, Randy's in the music industry, but he's also a writer. He did a chicken soup. You know, he did a chicken soup book. I think it was Chicken Soup for the Country soul something like that but anyway has had a lot of success in doing that but he has done a documentary on the farm now if some of you have heard about the farm i'm sure the farm in summertown tennessee i mean in 1971 there were 300 hippies that left san francisco in a caravan of 50 buses and they began tri- traveling around the country looking for land where they could establish you know their own community that community is the farm in summertown or tennessee Now, that was 1971. Wow, how many years ago is that? Long time ago. Anyway, it's still very, very prosperous, thriving. They do, golly, they've got solar building design. They have micro enterprises. They have mushroom cultivation, composting, gardening, regenerative, hardwood forest management. I know a lot of gals who go there for for their birthing, birthing babies over there. Because um, they do it with midwives, so it's known for that as well. Anyway, I'll, I'll link to the project that he is promoting, that Randy's promoting. He's promoting the documentary, where you can help fund the documentary, but also then get a copy of that and become more knowledgeable about what they're doing over there. So there these um, fundraising campaigns you know, fascinate me. There's one going on right now that I just am intrigued with. I keep refreshing it because now this is, this guy's been on NPR. It's, it's gone viral, but a guy put up on Kickstarter, it's simply titled potato salad. And he says, I'm making potato salad. Basically I'm just making potato salad. I haven't decided what kind yet. Now this is one of those things where it doesn't have to be rocket science. It just has to be remarkable. It has to somehow get people's attention. Now, his goal, his fundraising goal was to raise $10. That was his goal. And he has in there just goofy things that, you know, if you pledge $2, you'll receive a photo of him making the potato salad, a thank you posted on his website, and he'll say your name out loud while making the potato salad. That's about as sophisticated as it gets. He's making potato salad and he'll say your name out loud if you give him money to buy the ingredients. His goal was $10. At this point, as I'm recording this, he has $50,655 pledged. Now he doesn't know what he's going to do with the money. Obviously you don't need $50,000 to buy ingredients for potato salad. He doesn't know what he's going to do with the money, which is an interesting quandary to have. Another project that i'm watching on there is the coolest cooler now this is just a cooler i mean one of those you know fiberglass things you lug along with you to the ball game but a guy said this needs to be updated this needs to be improved i'm going to refresh this one to see how much money this guy has at this point he designed a better cooler now it's got a blender on top it's got a A speaker in it so you can play from your iphone you can actually recharge your iphone from it you can do some other things it's got better wheels on it but it's just a better designed cooler no high technology just a better designed cooler his goal was to raise fifty thousand dollars at this very moment he has five million two hundred ninety four thousand six hundred and sixty seven dollars so can these things raise funds to fund your project absolutely So I'll link to what Randy Rutter is doing, his documentary about the farm. I mean, these are the kind of things that are fun to be involved in. I mean, I get involved in these things just because they are fun. But uh, don't overlook the possibilities to help fund the idea that you may have. I've got some pieces where I talk more about crowdfunding, how to do it, the different sites that are out there. There's a whole bunch of them at this point. Indiegogo and Kickstarter are certainly the, the two most popular ones. Now, a couple other things, just real quickly here. This week, I had a young guy from New York who stopped in. His name is Diego Ruiz. He is a stereo photographer. Remember the old viewfinders? You you may not remember them personally but you've probably seen them in old movies where people hold this thing up to their eyes and they look through it it's a viewfinder it helps you then there's usually a little photograph about eight inches out on a little stick and you're looking at that but you're looking at it from two perspectives so it gives it a a 3d kind of quality well that's what Diego does he does stereoscopic photography he came Took some photos. I can't wait to get them back. Took some photos of Aristotle, our eagle that's carved into a cedar tree. And then our more recent one, that's a bronze sculpture of an eagle as well. So he's got Aristotle and Athena. Took a whole bunch of photos, and he's going to do something with those. But that's what he does. And I love the idea that something that's kind of retro, something that's kind of going back in time. It's really like the farm, the going back to organic gardening, going back to growing your own crops raising your own food, but that's what Diego is doing. Now he and his wife, Carrie have a place up in upstate New York. They actually have a shop. I'll link to that as well. It's called Copperesque store, but they have beautiful artwork and stained glass and a whole bunch of artistic kind of things that they have there. But, and just as this, somebody 48 days.net community member who's doing something unusual and i like to share those ideas a couple other things real quick Uh, jeff brown just celebrated his one-year anniversary with his read to lead podcast jeff does a super job he's got that perfect radio voice from years in radio but he just celebrated his one-year anniversary congratulations to jeff and on his one-year anniversary he interviewed carrie Oberbrunner, another 48 days member who just released his new book day job to dream job did a great job of writing. Uh, the book is well done in there. He talks about, he, he wrote part of the book in the prison where they filmed Shawshank redemption. So a lot of the metaphor that he uses about moving from a day job to dream job is to get yourself out of the prison. And of course, if you remember the movie Shawshank redemption in there, some people really were in prison Some people could not be imprisoned because nobody could control their thinking. I'd be good to go back and review that. We're coming up on an anniversary. There's a celebration this coming weekend. Well, no, not this In a couple weeks out, there's a celebration. I think it's the end of August up in Mansfield, Ohio, where they filmed the movie Shawshank Redemption. And Carrie Oberbrunner is going to be speaking on Sunday morning at a church service there in the prison. But about how to release yourself from any prison that you may be in, even if it's not a physical one. But just a cool kind of thing that he's connected with, and a great book, Day Job, Day Job to Dream Job. Now another note, and this is you've heard me mention Darren Hardy. He's a publisher of Success Magazine, which I think is the number one magazine that any of you ought to be getting. But he also wrote The Compound Effect. I talk about that a lot. Well, he just released a new program called Success Two Sixty. And I'm going to pass it on because it's something that I signed up for starting on July 21st, Monday, July 21st, he's going to be releasing every workday. So Monday through Friday, there are, there are 260 workdays in a year. If you do the math on that. So every workday for the next year, he's going to be releasing just a short five-minute kind of clip. Inspirational, he's going to have video, audio, success tips, tools, insights, five minutes a day, five days a week, 260 times a year. And he says, I can help you level up your success and transform your life. And I believe it. I mean, this is the kind of content that has helped me dramatically over the years. I signed up immediately. It's free. And I encourage you to do the same thing. Go to success260.com and you can sign up, sign up before July 21st. And you can start right on the beginning day and get 260 consecutive workday Tips from Darren Hardy. That's the kind of thing that I absolutely love, and uh, it can help you release your next level of success. One other thing here in this category, real, real quickly, and that is a note from Derek Halpern. Now, Derek's one of these young online guru marketing guys, and he's got a free ebook that he sent me on how to get your first five thousand subscribers. It's really well done. It's short. How to get your first 5,000 subscribers. We talk a lot about you've got to have an audience. No matter what it is you're going to do, if you're going to have an online presence, you need to build an audience so you can speak to them, communicate with them, and have them ready then when you do release a product or service. I'll put a link to that in the notes for today as well. How to get your first 5,000 subscribers. So we'll go with that. And with that, we'll end this segment. Got a lot crammed in there this week. These are the kind of success stories people are doing things. People are doing unusual things. People are taking something unique and making it their niche, something that gives them a unique selling proposition. Hey, we love to hear those stories. If you got a success story, just go to the 48 days.com site, click on the podcast link. You can leave it there or you can just shoot an email directly to me at askdan at 48 days.com. We want to hear those stories. Be delighted to include those in upcoming broadcast. Well, here's a question from Randy, who says, Dan, I have a two-part question. I've written a children's Christmas story that I would like to publish as an ebook, and I think it can be in- expanded into a series of books. How can I find an illustrator to do the artwork for the book, and what is fair compensation? All right, let me stop with that. That's his first question. How can he find an illustrator, and what is fair compensation? Randy, the best source of a ton of information for that is right in the 48days.net community. Now, I know you're a member there. I checked that. If you go, if you just do a search there for Illustrator, you'll find a whole lot of conversations that have already taken place. Also, if you are a member of Kent Julian's group on writing, write it Forward. I mean, that's a great place to pose your question. You'll get a bunch of people that respond there as well. A couple of years ago when Joanne, my wife, was wanting an illustrator for her first children's book, she's now done four, and then she did... Be Your Finest Art, her major work that just came out. But she posed a question in the group. The group was not nearly as large as now, but posed a question in there about illustrators. And I think she had 73 responses. People saying, pick me, pick me. So there's no lack of people there to do the illustration. What is fair for compensation? If If it is a children's book, I think you're better off. Don't do something hourly or by the page. Do it as a project. So look at the project if it's going to be you know 24 pages long you know maybe a thousand dollars to illustrate the whole thing now that depends a lot on if you're going to have full color illustrations on every page or if you're just going to have every couple pages a little you know a little a uh, cartoon drawn so there's no set everything is negotiable and certainly in something like this it just has to do with what you need so you talk to three or four illustrators look at their work make sure that they kind of get what you want it to look like and then just to negotiate a fee and go with it for that now randy's second question is my wife runs an online non-traditional school for homeschoolers we currently have two students who are from a missionary family in bulgaria we would like to make the school available to other missionary families Do you have any suggestions on how to get the word out to missionary families about Life Christian Academy and Tutoring Center specifically to point them to our website? Well, what you've got to do is you've got to be going to where those potential candidates are already having conversations. So if it's missionary families, I'm sure there are websites and blogs that deal with missionary families. You need to have a presence there. So you start commenting there. Start doing guest posts there so that you start to raise the level of awareness of what it is that you're doing. I mean, that's the way that you can do that. Now, also be sure to grab that, how to get your first 5,000 subscribers, because if you have a presence for online tutoring that you really want to focus, you want to target missionary families, then you ought to be able to build a list of 5,000 potential customers, prospects for that. And Derek Halperin's little book will help you do that. Pam says, thanks for everything you do to inspire those of us who know we have talents to do more and help more people. My question, I want to deliver a free ebook that expands on a great speech by a celebrity. Also, I want to self-publish this product to give to parents, teens, and my counseling practice. Since this will be free and I will not directly profit from this mini book pamphlet, what copyright concerns do I need to consider? I want to quote the celeb's short speech, add commentary, and use the celeb's photo on the cover page. Yes, this will be a marketing tool to build email followers to whom I can add value, sharing success principles and build a platform. Thanks, Pam. Well, that's kind of a gray area I mean, I'm not sure how long the speech is, but as a writer, as an author, if I use more than 250 words from somebody, that's where I probably need to get permission. So that's kind of a guideline. I mean, that's what we do in writing. In my books, In 48 Days, No More Mondays, in mean, anything that I've written, Runner of the Day, you'll see lots and lots of quotations. But those are things like, like what I read at the beginning of the broadcast here, you know, where I, I read, did I read our quotation for the day? All of a sudden, I'm blank. I don't think I read the quotation for the day. The quotation for the day has to do with selling, and it is from Robert Louis. Lewis stevenson who says everyone lives by selling something somehow i blanked over that went over that i know i did not share that but that's what it is everyone lives by selling something all right so that i don't need permission for i mean the quotations that i have in my books I have them freely in there. I love using quotations. It gives the author implied credibility by association. So use them freely. But if you use something that's more than 250 words, yeah, that's where you need to think about permission. So if what you're going to use here is more than that, it's still a gray area in, the, in terms of how you say that you're going to use it. I would pull out a phrase here or there, and use that, but not use the whole speech in its entirety. Just, you can reference it, you can put in your own words what was said, but I would be hesitant about using the whole thing, especially if you're going to have this in some kind of a printed form, and especially if you're going to use a photo. You know, you can do that. You can have a photo, again, reference the speech. I mean, a lot of people have done that with TED Talks, other kind of famous speeches, you can have the Gettysburg Address, You know, reference that, have a picture of Abe Lincoln, and go on. But um, again, it's a great area, and frankly, you're probably okay. It's probably not going to raise enough of a ruckus that anybody's going to come after you with a cease and desist. And in a lot of areas like this, online right now, it really is better to ask for forgiveness rather than permission. So go ahead, but be a little cautious if you're using something that's a thousand words long. That gets you into a gray area. If you're going to reprint that in any form and use it in its entirety. Tammy says, I recently followed your 48 days advice, landed the perfect for me on paper job. I'm now four weeks in and completely miserable. The job I accepted is not the one I'm in. The emphasis not what was described, and not anything I ever would have taken had I known. So, Tammy took a job, thought it was the dream job, but it turns out it wasn't really what was described. I've spoken with my owner, with the owner, of my boss, about the discrepancy in the position as it is now, is what it will be moving forward. Do I jump ship now? I'm thinking I can get some temp work to pay the bills while I look for something else. If so, how do I describe this to future employers? Am I missing another option? Yeah. You're missing another option. You're four weeks in don't like the job. Yeah. No big deal to quit that. Now here's how that shows up on your resume. It doesn't have to show up at all. If you had a four week job, you've been there one month. And so you had a job. uh, Let's see, we're doing this and we're in the middle of July. So let's say that, You started the middle of June. You've now been in this job four weeks. You can still show your last position as having been from 2011 to 2014. Just don't have the exact months on there. And you completely erase something that was as short as four weeks long. Doesn't even need to show up. So it doesn't need to be a part of what it is that you're showing when you go forward. So you show on your resume, the last job you had as being from 2011 to 2014, boom, end of story, just move forward. But yeah, just get out, bail. If it's that bad, just get out, do some temp work, but just do the job search again. My goodness, if you did the 48 days job search and landed this job, you know how to do it. Just revive that. Man, in two weeks, you can have another job. I mean, there shouldn't even be need to be. You can give your two week notice, and before you're out of that one, have another job lined up. Okay, well, let me just uh, give you a quick reminder here. If this is your first time listening. We welcome you in and want you to know that you can submit your question here. I love going through the questions that we have every week, week after week, lots and lots of questions, real questions. And people like you, if you got an interesting situation or question you want to ask, just go to the 48days.com site, click on the podcast link. You can leave your question right there, or you can just shoot it in directly to Dan at 48days.com. Michael from uh, Lawton, Michigan says, I'm currently a project engineer. I've been pretty successful up to this point, but I have always felt I was missing something in my vocation. As I read your 48 days book, I'm starting to hear and read a lot that one of the best skills to have in business is being a good salesman. I've always strayed away from being a salesman. As I've been convinced that to be a salesman, you have to be sly, a fast talker and super outgoing. I've never considered myself any of these. In fact, quite the opposite. However, I have a drive to set out on my own and know that being able to sell a product or idea is crucially important I was wondering if moonlighting in sales would be a good way to learn. If so, where would be a good starting point? Wow. Great question. Great question. And yes, you are right. You, if you're reading or listening to anything that I put out, you're going to hear a repeated theme that you better understand selling again, to go back to our, our quotation there, everyone lives by selling something. Now let me unpack that a little bit because you don't just go get a job in selling just to learn selling, you know, and just randomly pick a job in selling. No, don't, don't do that. What you need to do is define what kind of selling would fit you. Now I'm going to give you another book recommendation. Again, you know, if you go to audiblepodcastcom slash 48 days, you can get a free copy one of the classics out there. Time tested will always be one of the classics, and that is Zig Ziglar's Secrets of Closing the Sale. That is the best overall book on learning how to sell. And it doesn't matter if you're a stay at home mom or a school teacher, a pastor, if you're selling Cutco knives along the side of the road, or Mercedes Benz or yachts. That is the one. Secrets of Closing the Sale. It's narrated by Zig himself. It's four hours and six minutes long. And if you don't have that, if you have, and it doesn't matter what you're doing, I recommend that you get that. Listen to it the next time you go on a trip. It'll blow your mind. It'll transform your success because if you understand selling well, that can elevate your success quicker than anything. Now, selling is the greatest equalizer out there in terms of how you can move up in a career. And I'm going to explain what I mean by that. You can have a 10th grade education or an MBA or a PhD. It doesn't matter if you are good at selling, you can go to the top of the class in terms of income in 60 days. I mean, you can it's amazing how quickly you can escalate into the top two or 3% of income earners in the world. If you can sell, Well, now please believe me when I say, you know, selling doesn't mean that you're manipulating and conning people into things they don't want or need. Those days are over. I mean, the old garbage about the blue suede shoe salespeople. I mean, those guys were, you know, schmucks. We don't, we don't, that's not the kind of selling that we're talking about here. I mean, those, those days don't work anymore for one thing. I mean, I, I have a a car salesman friend who not too long ago on a Saturday wrote up 14 car sales on Saturday, 14 car sales. By Monday, 8 of those were gone. Now what that indicates, and he knows it, we talked about it, what that indicates is that he pressured people into signing. They didn't have the guts to say no, so they signed the papers. But as you know, you know, we have the 3-day laws at this point, you can rescind any kind of purchase that you made. So people acted on that they backed out of the deal the sale wasn't really made he, he just got him to sign because he pressured him into signing you know that doesn't mean anything doesn't make any money doesn't make any friends doesn't build any goodwill don't do that now here's the process of selling and this is true no matter what it is that you're doing if you're a missionary this is what you're doing again if you're selling encyclopedias or water filters whatever it is that you have that you're selling, if you're selling yourself in keeping a job, I mean, just think about it. When you interviewed and got a job offer and now you've got a place to go every morning, it's not over. You're selling yourself every day you show up and you better recognize it or you're going to be out the door. But here's the process of selling. Four parts, 40% developing rapport and trust. If people don't like you and trust you, it doesn't matter if you've got Rolex watches for 50 bucks up and down your arm. It doesn't matter if you get $10 bills for eight bucks. If people don't trust you, you cannot sell. You have to establish that initially. 30% is identifying the need. Does the person, in fact, need or could benefit from what it is that you have? If not, don't move on. There's no point in moving on. 20% then is product presentation or product knowledge. So, yeah, you need to be, to de- be able to describe the benefits of what it is that you have, your service, your product. 10% is gaining commitment. Now, we used to talk about, you know, 90% was handling every objection, you know, five different ways, you know, and making sure that you could go through no matter how many times they say, no, you could get them to ultimately say yes, but you nod in your head. And if you can get them to say yes to three things, you can sell them anything. I mean, all those old tricks of the trade. Hey, I know them all. I love selling, but this is professional selling 40% getting rapport and trust. 30% identifying need 20% then product presentation, gaining commitment. If you've gone through the first three parts of that professionally, then it's just a matter of filling out the paperwork. It's a very soft part. When when I have people write me checks for my coaching, as an example, it's never a surprise when we get to that point. They know that way before the fact, you know, how much it's going to be. So I don't whip out the paper and say, oh, gee, we're going to add this and add this. And we're going to you know, put a sunroof in this baby and stereo system and rust proofing. So I know you thought it was going to be forty eight hundred dollars, but it's really going to be sixty five. Nah, we don't do anything like that. But when I get to that point, I mean, it's a 30 second transaction. Well, I pull it around. I had a guy just recently and my Eagles Club coaching package is forty five hundred dollars. So I whipped it around. Told the guy I needed his signature. He whipped out his checkbook and wrote a check for $4,800. He said, geez, this ought to be $4,800. This is before we even started the process. He says, you know this ought to be $4,800 rather than $4,500 just because of your brand. So he wrote it for $300 more than it was supposed to be. I laughed. I said, you know, you're a smarter man than I. I mean, obviously, I should make it that. But I have those kind of interactions with people, not where I'm trying to twist their arm to get money from them. I have people showing up saying, you know, gee, can I get into the event that I know is now closed out? Can I get into coaching with excellence that you've got coming up in August? You know, can we still get on the cruise? I know you only had so many rooms booked for that. I mean, those are the kind of interactions that we have with people because people understand the benefits. That's what you've got to do. True selling is simply sharing enthusiasm. That's what you've got to do. So you're right, learn how to do it well, get secrets of closing the sale, and you can get that from audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days at no cost. Listen to Zig, he'll convince you selling is a lot of fun and everybody wins. Aaron says, I work for a very large engineering firm. I want to start my own civil engineering and construction firm, but a curious opportunity arose about a year ago and has re-arisen a few times since. I was offered a job to essentially manage a small 10 person geotechnical firm. The problem is the firm brings in less than 500,000 a year. And I was offered about what I made my first job out of college, 45,000. I accidentally laughed out loud. I love the idea of being in a position to help drive a company instead of being a cog in a machine and really like the people at this firm, an opportunity to do something different. I would really like to start my own firm. But if the opportunity is there to engage an existing company at the same level, would it be more prudent? Now, here you you present a couple different issues here that that are really important, and I love your question. You work for a large engineering firm now, and you say you want to start your own civil engineering construction firm. But now you've got an opportunity to manage a small firm where you would make a meager salary. 45,000 you imply that you're already making a lot more than that. And you certainly would expect to be making more than that. If you started your own firm. Well, I think there's some red flags in this opportunity that's been given you for one thing. I'd want to look at the history of this company. If they're, if they have 10 people involved and they're only bringing in half a million dollars in gross revenue a year. Yeah. I don't know how that works. And I, I mean, nobody's making any money there, but If they've been around, I mean, if they're on a growth curve and that was the second year out, maybe you see some potential there to really grow this, it's reputation and clientele and revenues. But if they've been around for five years and they're still at that kind of income, wow, I think it's going to be a monumental job to go in and grow that company. And what's going to happen in that position, it's going to divert your skills from being a great engineer to managing a company. Is that what you want? Do you want to move out of the actual engineering into managing a company? Managing a firm, even with 10 people, is going to be the major focus for you in doing that. If it's a matter of continuing to do work that you love, but opening the door financially to what you could do, I'd say start your own firm. Yeah. I mean, just do your own work. Do your own contract work. And then as that grows, so where you have some that you could sub out to somebody else, you know, bring a couple other people on, I would be way more attracted in doing that than to take a company that's struggling, that's just kind of creeping along, and try to grow that. Now, then, then again, I've got very limited information on that. You, you may decide to go the other way, Aaron, and I certainly re- would respect that. But from the basic, the the little snippet of information you gave me here, Man, I'd just start my own rather than trying to get into that one. Well, Thomas says, uh, Dan, we met several years ago at Kent Julian, Speak It Forward. It was just after you had released Wisdom Meets Passion. You gave us all a signed copy of the book, which I still go back to often. I've been a big fan for six or seven years now. The content you continue to put out has been a huge part of reinventing myself after some huge obstacles I had to overcome. I now own and run a small mosquito control company that has had amazing success. As I looked at the future next year and beyond, I'm at a fork in the road. I'm drawn to speaking, coaching, podcasting, but I've been putting so much of my efforts into this venture that I've not been involved in the 48 days community speaking or anything else. As next year approaches, I want to be more intentional about the direction of this company all boiled down. I'm leaning toward either podcasting, speaking, coaching, or franchising my company. My goal is to help as many people as possible. At this juncture, I'm struggling with which direction would be best for my family and me as well as any and all I hope to impact. Would you help me lay out how you might approach the situation? Well, Thomas, I'm not real clear in the dichotomy that you lay out here. You say that you're looking at, at either podcasting, speaking, coaching, or franchising your mosquito control company. If you're talking about podcasting, speaking, and coaching on our unrelated topic, that's a different kind of question. Now, I went to your website real quick. I looked your name up, Googled your name, and brought it right up, your mosquito control company. So it looks like you're already blogging, connecting. You're doing some innovative things in that industry to build an audience and connect with them. If you're saying, could you do podcasting, speaking, coaching in that industry... Or franchising, I would propose don't make it an either or, do all of those. If you can, if you've got the base of a build, business built, if you've got a good prototype with good revenue, good profits, yeah, to franchise that, that's an exciting proposition. Get with a franchise attorney, explore your possibilities there. That would be amazing to roll that out as a franchise. I had a business years ago, an auto accessories business. If I had known then what I know now, I would have 100% guaranteed i would have franchised it but i didn't know that i didn't know that i didn't know enough back then and so i ultimately sold it to a couple of the employees and moved on to the next big idea you know because i like change and challenge and variety but if you get the potential to franchise this yeah by all means explore that i mean that's one of the greatest ways i mean think about what papa john's or subway what those guys have done in leveraging a small simple idea by simply franchising the concept so I think you could do all of those within that niche. If you're talking about just keeping your business, the mosquito control company kind of on cruise control while you go off in another direction, podcasting, speaking, coaching. Yeah. I don't know that I would do that. If you've got a tiger by the tail here that has the potential to grow. And this is not a, a forever kind of thing anyway. I mean, if you want to move into other kind, if you want to go into life coaching or career coaching, let's say as an example, every day that you spend at your mosquito control company in building it as a very profitable business if you take that into the franchising model every day that you're there does nothing but prepare you better and build your credibility and reputation for when you go into coaching to be you know to command higher fees as a coach because of the success that you bring to the table i mean the, a lot of times people jump into to coaching and they're going to coach somebody in how to do something that they've never done themselves. I mean that's a little challenging. You can strengthen your opportunities for coaching at some point in the future by being extremely successful in doing what you're doing right now. Marco says, "A friend recently opened up a small car dealership and he wants me to help him promote it using social media, which I'm knowledgeable about. He would pay me only By commission for any sales that are generated from my work using social media. Do you think this could work? Could you give me suggestions or ideas of how you would do it? And specifically how I can track down the sales so that I get the commission. As you can see from their website and Facebook page, I sent you, they have a good inventory system and several web pages, which get updated automatically when the inventory changes. This would be sort of a part-time gig for me. Marco. Nope. I wouldn't do it. For a couple reasons. One is I looked at the website. Your friend with the car dealership has a really kicking website right now where he's promoting the cars on there and a pretty active Facebook page. So you come in with social media, how are you going to determine if your efforts are what actually generated a sale or something else? If you're going to do this and really take over the marketing, then you ought to get a percentage of every single sale made rather than having to try to track back and determine where did that come from people buying a car there may have been 10 things that gave them exposure to that dealership or that name before they made the decision you can't just pinpoint that to one thing when people come to one of our events here it's never that wow they just heard me promote the event so they came Nah, geez I've, i've had people tell me gee their pastor told them they ought to get in touch with us their hairdresser told them to come in. Their plumbers said to come in here. I mean, I have people a lot of times list seven or eight things that prompted them to get in touch with 48 days. We can't go back and identify, well, it was this one that really tipped the scale so they made a purchase. I think this is an artificial kind of model to do this. The other thing, the other reason I don't like this model is because, frankly, I don't think social media is very effective at determining, at helping people make car sales. Car purchases. I mean, I I purchase a lot of cars. You probably heard me talk about that. Social media has nothing to do with how I select cars. I mean, I see them in people's yards. You know, I look on Craigslist or eBay, but I certainly am not gonna jump because I saw something on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. Yeah, I just don't think it's an it's, I don't think it's that much of an impact in car sales. I think there are other things because car sales again are pretty geographically centered. People aren't going to go across the country just because they can save two hundred bucks on a car. They're going to buy it down the street because they see the sign every day. Nah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go for this at all. Christopher says, "My heart and passion are with student ministry in the church. I've been working on a volunteer basis for two years now. I'd love to move into a position where I can work with students full time. My problem is sourcing a job out. I don't even know where to begin." I'm ready to follow my passion full time, be able to influence the lives of students for God in a more powerful way and not have a 50 to 60 hour a week job taking up so much time. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, Christopher, I'd expand your idea of how you can be involved in ministry and impact the lives of students full time. If you're at the church, people are going to have to go out of their way to see you, you know, except on Sunday morning or Wednesday night or whatever. If you really want to be involved in the lives of students, what if you were managing a Chick-fil-A and you've got tons of students working for you and coming in the door? I mean, you know, what if you were you know, working at a a Burger King? What if you had a landscaping business? I mean, I think there are a whole lot of ways to effectively be in full-time work with students whose lives you want to impact. I think being involved behind church doors is probably one of the weaker ones. Let me leave it at that. We could go on, but you probably, I've probably given you enough to turn off my advice already. Um, another quick one here. Nate says, can I make, make a living as a dreamer? My wife has said for years I should get people to pay me for my ideas, and although she was half joking, I think she was half serious. Give me an hour with any small business, and I can develop two dozen ideas to increase their business online. I'm curious if you think there's a market for this and what the quick, quickest path to success would be. How would you recommend finding business owners to work with? What would be a good pricing structure and model? Would there be any opportunities for passive or residual income? Thanks for being my pre-recorded mentor. You're the best. Well, thanks for your note, Nate. Yeah, we, we have lots of people who are doing exactly what you're describing. For the most part, they're called business coaches. I mean, if you look up viewfromthetop.com, That's Aaron Walker. He's one of our coaches. He is a rock star. Now, he came out of a construction background, had pawn shops when he was really young, made a lot of money, but more recently has been building houses. And I kept telling him, man, you ought to be a coach. These young guys are drawn to you like a moth of the light. And he finally did. I talked to him a couple days ago. He says, I've never, ever even dreamed about enjoying daily work as much as what I'm doing right now. He also told me that he's got a waiting list. He has 12 client companies. I think he starts out where he charges $2,500 a day and he goes in and gives them good ideas for how to grow their business. I mean, that's what he does, but I think his fee is $2,500 a day. I could be off on that. And I think he starts with two or three days on site and then kind of goes from there. Another one is catalystjohn.com. Catalystjohn.com. Um, catalyst john is in lakeland florida he does exactly what you're talking about he helps businesses with good ideas he gets paid very well i mean absolutely you can position yourself as a a coach consultant and you simply let let it be known who your target audience is and you can have people standing there who will pay you and you can get paid doing what you want to do what would you decide can you make a living as a dreamer yeah absolutely if your dreaming has Strategy connected with it. You know, just throwing out ideas is not enough. But if you can really help businesses put those ideas, put legs on those ideas, and grow their revenues, sure. I mean, people like Jay Abraham made millions of dollars by going into a company and saying, You don't have to pay me anything. If we benchmark where you are now, I simply want you to give me 10% of the increase over the next 24 months. Something like that. He made millions of dollars for both himself and companies doing that. Well, remember, Robert Louis Stevenson. our quotation for the day. Everyone lives by selling. Hey, I'll have a lot of notes and a lot of notes in uh, the show follow up today. Go there, get that free program from Darren Hardy. Get the free ebook from Derek Halpern about how to get your first 5,000 customers. Check out our coaching mastery program where you can position yourself to do some of the things we've talked about today. Uh, check out the cruise we got coming up. We've got lots of questions coming in about that. A lot of people lining up. It's going to be a blast next February. And then our next event here is Coaching with Excellence. That's coming up in August, August 28th, 29th. We're getting pretty close to a full house on that. We'd love to see you here. If you get an idea where you want to position yourself as a very profitable coach. We've got some amazing stories just the last Three, four months here, but people right out of the gate, the first 60 days make an extraordinary kind of income. So thanks for being part of this community of big believers, big dreamers, and people who really are finding or creating work that is purposeful, fulfilling, and profitable. Hey, don't settle for less.